Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out west. Adam Stanko, just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. As we record this on Monday, you'll be listening to this on Tuesday. Coming up later this week, the Going ISO edition, as we do every Thursday. Nuggets assistant coach John Beckett will be on the program. This episode of Rejecting the Screen is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and order a box of real chocolate. Low sugar, high protein, killer tasting protein bars. And use the promo code locked on and get $10 off your first order. Adam, where are you right now? One to 10. Eden loves playing this game these days. I just say like anything <laughs> on a one to, ten, one to 10 scale. Where are you right now on your excitement level for the NBA returning in the Orlando bubble? Uh, I'm going to say it's a seven right now. I'm going to say I'm tempering my excitement. I'm actually probably most excited about how everything's going to get pulled off. And obviously we can get into some of the details what that means, but I, but more so than the play itself, there are a bunch of questions I have about the play itself, about the enthusiasm of the players. There's something about this layoff, which has sort of set me into NBA draft off season mode. Uh, but I also miss basketball tremendously. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what the games look like. No fans in the Orlando bubble, high quality television production, new ideas, presentations, all those things. That's where my excitement's coming from. But to actually see these games and see like who wins the title, that's lessened a lot for me. How about for you? Yeah, I'm well, right now I'm on about a three, I think, because <laughs> it's not starting until July 31st. Well, so that's- if if I get all That's if I true. get all jacked up now, it's like you have that coffee high, that adrenaline mm-hmm. rush, the caffeine, and then you just crash. So what's the point of getting all jacked up right now? I mean, I don't you know, usually when it's two months before a season starts, you've got all sorts of things to discuss. Not hype not not necessarily hypotheticals, but like, oh, is is this player going to be moving here? Is he going to be moving here? What's going on with this, with, with the draft? A season this, preview. Like, a season preview, if you will. A real season preview. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it is a bunch of hypotheticals, but it's more, more tangible than what we have now. Sure. This is all rules out the window. Anything goes. It could be chaos on the court. I hope it's not chaos off the court. So right now I'm at a three. It's like, you know what? Well, you know, wake me up again on... July 20th, when we're just about to get going. It's almost like it's almost like The Bachelor, which I don't watch. Although I did watch one season when JP won because he was a uh he's a really close friend of a of a former roommate of mine of really good friends of mine. So uh, I did watch when JP and Ashley got together. Okay. Just to fast okay. forward and to watch JP scenes. But it's it's like this whole like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Home visit, and here we go. Like, like the home visit is where we are right now. Eight games, playoffs, marriage. That's where we are. I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. Well, I also think there's this, this part of me also that feels as though that this could all be for naught, right? It's like, it's like not getting excited about something that could just get canceled anyway. You know, it's like, it's like a buddy's wedding who... Mm, there's always the chance this couple breaks up all the time. Like this wedding might not come to fruition. Well, what and makes I, you I think? Sort of what that. makes you think it might not happen? 
I just think that we don't know where, where this virus is headed. I think you look at the numbers over the past week and a lot of the states, which, you know, I have a friend in North Carolina, he tells me a few days ago, man, it's crazy. Here, you would think that there's no virus whatsoever. Restaurants are open. People are hanging out. Our kids are all going and doing activities like they would. All the kids are playing together, which has been a weird thing to me all along. Like the adults will say, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to social distance. And then all their kids are just hanging out. Like what, what's the difference? Um, I don't, I don't, I've never understood that, but I, that my point being turn around a couple of days ago and all of a sudden North Carolina is skyrocketing in terms of their, their amount of cases we're seeing over and over again, just different cities and, and towns and, and states that even Florida itself, like, you know, we're seeing an uptick in, in cases there. I just think that, that there, it wouldn't take that much for everything to just shut back down again. So the plan is in place. The NBA wants to see it happen. A lot of the players involved now, there's momentum, obviously. We're ready to go. Everything's moving along. It's almost like the train has left the station. But I just think there are a lot of variables that could keep it from ever launching. And if we have a so-called second wave, even though if it's not one particular day in which that happens, but cases just start reaching astronomical levels again, okay, maybe all of a sudden everything is is for naught and the season just gets shut down on the whole. And I know that's a pessimistic viewpoint, but I also think I'm keeping that in the back of my mind when you talk about excitement for the season. Yeah, there is a there is a big if, and that's what we talked about last week when you posed the question, who's got the most to gain? And I said, well, it's, it's Adam Silver because if you pull mm-hmm. it off, it's a great boon for the league. And it's a great boon for Adam Silver. I mean, this is a Herculean task that we're looking at to be able to pull this off so that's why i'm sitting at like a at a three for now and when it comes to covid numbers i honestly at this point don't even know what to believe like our numbers going up because of because states have been reopening or is because of more tests our hospitals overrun right now but i have seen a crazy amount of relaxation in what seems to be attitudes which scares me a ton. You know, look, I'm not a doctor. I can only read so much. And I hope that <laughs> the league is able to pull this off. But this is going to be difficult, and which is why I'm at a three at the moment. And again, wake me up when we're about 10 days out. Right? 10 days? I think sure. 10 days is about is about fair. I think 10 days is about fair. But I, I man, I'll tell you that the point that you just brought up that preview idea, that's crazy to me, Noah. That preview idea that, like, I don't even know how to take this whole season in. I don't know what no. to, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to think of it. And, and look, I think as more and more, I think as more and more people and fans and even media members will dive into this and really think about what is going to be taking place, I think that whole idea of an asterisk in the in the immediate yes we're going we're going to see it as as time goes by maybe not but this isn't just like a lockout season this these are unprecedented times this is unlike anything else that anyone ever could imagine the players feel like this is an off season that we've had an off season now all of a sudden eight games in and now we've got the playoffs but it's just 22 teams and it's not 30 it's bananas and speaking of just going with eight games. I want to go back and look at, since it is like a beginning of a season, 
I'm going to go back and look at the standings of the first eight games of the season. And maybe that can tell us something about what to expect in the Disney World bubble. Podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. So I got that mix box. And oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's great. And I even threw a few in the fridge too, just to see what it would mean for the consistency. So give that a shot also. The peanut butter brownie has 20 grams of protein and three grams of sugar. The mint brownie, which I know you're a big fan of, 15 mm-hmm. grams of protein, 110 calories, four grams of sugar. So they're covered Unreal. in 100% chocolate. And it truly is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So if you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D, locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. Promo code locked on, $10 off at builtbar.com. So Adam, when you look at the standings over the first eight games of the season, so I looked at when the Lakers were seven and one and mm-hmm. then what the standings were at that point. Lakers were seven and one. Denver was six and two. And a reminder, we'll have Nuggets assistant coach John Beckett on the going ISO edition with us on rejecting the screen on Thursday. Dallas mm-hmm. was six and three. Houston was six and three. The Clippers were six and three. Utah was six and three. Minnesota was five and three. Phoenix was five and three. Spurs five and four. And just before we recorded this, it turns out that LaMarcus Aldridge had surgery and he'll miss the rest of the season. OKC four and five, Portland three and six, Memphis two and five, Golden State two and six. And Sacramento had, I wrote it down wrong, but Sacramento had two wins also. So I think it, and I think I may have missed the Pelicans in there also. But either way, mm-hmm. the Pelicans really struggled out of the gate because they didn't have Zion and then they didn't have any anybody else really sure. i mean that team just wasn't sure. healthy at that point so and i can't believe i just missed the pelicans and that old thing but either way the i do think it's interesting for teams with young guys like memphis even though they're gonna you know if they get in they're the eighth spot but mm-hmm. with jaron jackson coming back healthy and john morant where it's not just his first eight games of his nba career he's got you know, most of a season under his belt already. It's almost like the start of his second season. And then the same would go for the Pelicans. I think that's interesting also. But then guys coming back from injury with Nurkic and Zach Collins. But do you take anything away just in the Western Conference from the standings at that point before we get into the East? Yeah, for sure. I think when you looked at what was happening at that point, and I think it brings up such a a wonderful way to look at this, that teams are coming off a big layoff. They're getting ready for the season. They're feeling their way through this. And the same thing is going to happen here, I think for sure. But you look like you talked about OKC and they're struggling at the beginning of the year. And everyone had doubted them at that point point. said, OK, it's a washed up Chris Paul with the roster nobody's in love with. But they were eight and two in their last 10 before the season got shut down. So that was a team surging, fifth seed, fighting for potentially a third, potentially, you know, all could move all the way up to three. I doubt they'd they'd reach the two seed, but 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 could have potentially even done that. I mean, it's unbelievable to think what Oklahoma City was doing. And we never would have thought that early on in the year based upon how they were playing. Certainly, Chris Paul being playing at an all-star level is was was really significant in that regard. And I just I think about also the Rockets pairing in the West. And I think about all the talk in the preseason 
what is it going to look like when we get Harden and Westbrook? And of course, eight games and we know like what does that mean that that combo and i'm sort of thinking the same thing um that we're seeing now is that uh you know the rockets are a team that i don't think we're talking about now and could certainly get hot and all of a sudden what does that mean uh and and of course seeding is something we could talk about in a few minutes but i think that the rockets are the other team i think you looked at early in the year like no way to sort of judge them and I think we're getting a better idea now, but then all bets are off with the Rockets because that's another team that I just think is is totally thrown off. The other factor here, Noah, which has sort of been loosely talked about, is this idea that playoff rosters and and or at least I, I guess the return from COVID nineteen rosters, if you will, could be expanded for this Orlando bubble. And if that's the case, and I haven't heard confirmation on that, but it's certainly being talked about. And if that's the case, it could it could add a lot of intrigue to some of these rosters as we see some players. You know, maybe DeMarcus Cousins is back on the Lakers, for instance. We we don't know, but if those kinds of things happen, it could also shake things up as we move forward. In these scenarios when we're going to have a lot of games in such a short amount of time, and maybe say say Boogie's on the, on the roster, and he's good to give you one win. Maybe that's all you need. And you just need, you need Boogie to carry you one game. Um Right. That's why the that's why the variables are just so wild. In the Eastern yes. Conference, after eight, the Celtics were seven and one. So that's why I went with the eight games. Toronto seven and two, Milwaukee seven and three, Miami six and three, Philly six and three. Indiana was six and four. Brooklyn was four and five. I mean, even the Cleveland Cavaliers had had four wins. <laughs> Orlando, Orlando was three and seven. They got off to a really rough start. And then post all-star break, they had the best offense in basketball, which is crazy to even imagine. And the defense had gone the other way when the defense had been one of the best in basketball. So I don't even, I don't know what to think about the first eight games of the season or the final eight games of the season, because we've just had an off season. Just had an off season. And it's weird. It's probably a little bit of an aside, but I was thinking about the headaches of all of the tech companies, the yahoos of the world, the, uh, ESPN.coms that have to figure out how they're now going to do standings and things moving forward and how that's good. You know, they've been working sort of on cruise control for years as sort of these automated setups as teams win games, lose games, what have you. If other teams aren't playing, like how does that factor in? How do they readjust these things? It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, but that's where, I, that's no, where I, they would, they would go with like an explanation on the bottom of the standings for mm-hmm. all time with the dotted line of, not invited to the, you know, not, I think did Hollinger, I think it was Hollinger and Duncan. They, they, they called them the delete eight, which I like. Delete eight. Yep. The delete it. eight, love which it. I like a lot. And then those guys are just placed on the bottom. But then again, we, we said this too, like when you go back and you're going to look at in how time changes everything, like in 15 years, when we go back and look at in basketball reference, a player from this season and then say, yep. Oh wait, uh, what? He only played 60 games. Like, ah, this guy never what happened? You know, right, right. Uh, he must have gotten hurt. I can see it now. Oh, all all of that stuff, and uh, it's also interesting to look at how from that delete eight, how many of those teams now are uh, are from the Eastern Conference? Uh, the Hornets, Bulls, Knicks, Pistons, Hawks, Cavs, all sitting at home for the remainder of this of this go. Uh, just tells you how bad the the East is has been in general. Anyway, I mean, Pelicans have a losing record. Pelicans and Kings have a losing record at home and on the road and are still 
and are still vying for a potential playoff spot, they're still alive. And yet you've got six teams in the East, which aren't even invited. They're part of the delete eight. So great, great uh, wordplay there by Hollinger and Duncan. But I, I will say, Noah, I, I'm, I'm really curious too, is if that's enough. And I guess this is actually your, your biggest point on this. Is that even enough to give us an idea of who these teams are right through eight games? Is that going to be enough? And, and is it, is it going to mean that teams get into a rhythm? Certainly guys aren't going to get into shape over that period. Having a date that teams are coming back has, of course, motivated guys. We know that. We're hearing Jokic is potentially, you know, he's got a four-pack, I think it was uh, that Jamal Murray really? said, or someone said, yeah, he's actually looks slimmer and everything. I, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. But guys, even if you are in great shape, you know how it is. Even if you've been running a lot, even if you're doing crazy work on your home treadmill or you're doing – um, the, the craze that everyone's doing right now, Peloton, like even if you're doing that, playing in basketball games is a completely different animal. So just that yeah, part basketball alone, shape's different. basketball shape is different. That, um, the, the, it's, that type of aerobic exercise is entirely different. I think that's going to be huge. But yeah, I, I just look at this whole thing and say, I don't, just like I don't know what kind of season we were going to have, and no one did after eight games to start this thing. I feel the same thing is true when we hit the playoffs and there's obviously other variables at stake. You know, a girl I went to junior high and high school with is, um, is a Peloton instructor. Oh, she was, go on. She was, she was a lawyer, Robin Arzon. She was a lawyer. She'd gone to Georgetown law and then stopped doing law and then started doing these that crazy races all over the world, I think. And then, the guy she married, I think, was one of the first investors in Peloton or was on their board or something like that. And so that's worked out well. And she's like now everybody around the world knows Robin because she's wow. a Peloton instructor. Abington High School's one of that's Abington High School's proud. finest. She, maybe she'll, she'll get up on the uh, the Wall of Fame next to Bob Saget. Oh, I had no idea. He's another alum. Yeah, now you know. Was it, now before you know. we before we move on to the next segment, is Michael Jordan was he Abington High School or Abington Friends? Oh, I see what you did there. There was a Michael Jordan who played basketball at the University of Pennsylvania. Yes, fantastic who to, player. Who Not went just to Abington? There, who went to Abington Friends? Friends. Okay. His okay. backcourt mate was a guy named Lamar Plummer mm-hmm. at Abington Friends, who I think also went to Penn. Eh, either way. Coming up next, speaking of hometowns, home court advantage in the bubble. So, Adam, I've been using Blinkist a lot. Oh, I know. You sound smarter. Have I told you that? I certainly don't look any smarter. No. It looks like, oh, no. It looks like I could actually fly with the wings that are coming out the side of my head. But Hair I will say, you, you, may, you may look, yeah, that, that you need a haircut. But you... Uh, I shave. But you also... Yeah, you, you look good. I'm not, you know, but... You still need a haircut. Uh, we're not next to each other, in case people are wondering. We're social distancing across the country, as Noah points out. Noah being in, in Pennsylvania, and I'm in California. But, but uh, no, but you sound smarter. You sound smarter. I got to well, chalk it up to Blinkist. I do think Blinkist has something to do with it, because every night we've been looking at the word jumble in the newspaper, like because we actually get a newspaper here, a physical newspaper. 
the word jumble and the crypt and the cryptogram, which is a it, it's a cryptic mm -hmm. quote. So and we've been solving them every night. And I feel like maybe it's because my mind is working differently because of Blinkist. It works on your phone, tablet, web browser. So what it does is it has thousands of nonfiction books and Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, all that need to know information. And when you click on one of the books, it'll tell you like how many takeaways they have. And it condenses them down into about 15 minutes or so that you can read or listen to. So I do, I do it a lot when same time when I'm, I'm doing podcasts, same time when I'm doing podcast listening also is usually making dinner or cleaning up from dinner. So right now I have in the queue upheaval turning points for nations in crisis by Jared Diamond. So when you click on it, it says you can read it in 21 minutes. It's got the audio available. It contains 13 key ideas and upheaval was written in 2019 takes you through some of modern history's biggest national crises to find out how each nation ended up in such trouble and how they managed to get out of it. I, I'm looking forward to reading uh, Upheaval oh. 2 when it would come out at some point to explain how we get out of this crisis. With Blinkist, unlimited access to read or listen to the massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all for one low price. Right now, limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA. To start your free seven-day trial, you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA, Blinkist.com slash NBA. So I'm shocked, Adam, that the LeBron and Giannis each deserve the summer league 10 fouls didn't fly in replacement of home court advantage ideas in the bubble. It's incredible, right? The, the point that people have not discussed enough that certain teams are now not having home court advantage in Orlando. And that's, that's wild. That's wild. And, and I understand, and teams are frustrated about that. We've heard, uh, throughout the league that the, the top teams are really ticked off that there's no way to rectify the home court advantage situation. And if you think about it, Noah, as you start to go down that path and you, you mention it, what do you do to sort of fix home court advantage? I, I, I don't know how you or if you feel like there is a need to fix that. But I understand that these teams feel like they did a lot to get there. They put themselves in position to have home court advantage. And now that's all been neutralized what is yeah. your take I mean, nothing's on nothing well nothing's going to be good enough it's one of those things where the commissioner and the owners just have to say you know what we're in this situation unprecedented times at this point we're just trying to get some of our money back yes so all right so like it's like going on vacation and you know something happens and you don't get your um you know you've paid for unlimited drinks but they run out of tequila it ha it, on your last day you want them to like send you bottles i don't I mean it's i know it that's not um no, but they can't make the point being they it's, can't not, make it's not a fair equivalency the, but, no, but right, you can't, can't make up, up for it situation right you, you can't. can't make up for it and so at some point you just got to say you know what it sucks and it's going to be a little bit harder and look i certainly if you're the lakers you've got an argument but then again 
You also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like let, let and you're the Lakers. You've gotten advantages for a long time based upon your location. So maybe you're not the ones to have that that formal complaint. But I do think I also look at it like in a weird way, if I'm the league, I tell these teams, hey, you didn't officially earn it. It's earned through 82 games, and we go from there. We had to stop the season because of what's taken place. We're, as you say, finding a way to manage to get back. We're still managing to get through with with gin and rum. That should be good enough, to use (laughs) your analogy. And I think now that we're here, all right, you know what? We deal with it and let the best let the best team win with yes, it's a fair playoff. If it was 82 games, then maybe you even have more of an argument. And even then everyone would understand. But right now, I think it's just as fans need to take into account, it's one of the again, many variables that's going to impact play. I mentioned Russ and, and James Harden and their combo. Like that's a team that I think in this setup without fans, without the pressure of playoffs and the expectations and all this, that's a team that I think actually could do crazy damage in the playoffs. I think in this setup, like, can you just imagine, cause I'm trying to put teams, if they were playing, if you took teams and threw them on, you know, Rucker park, or you put them in a summer league setting or the tournament, I'm thinking about all those types of instances where it's like the gyms aren't packed and it's just sort of a different type of basketball. I mean, of course, Rutgers different, but I'm saying it's outside. And the point just being like, if you put a playground setting for these teams, like who could excel based upon no fans, the pressure's a little bit different. The Rockets, I think, would be a team that the free flowing stuff could go. And that's that. I don't know. I've been thinking about them a lot for some reason. Here's what I think will give any team an advantage or the team that is most likely to win the title. It, it isn't as much, yes, of course, what happens on the court, that's how you win games. But if you're going to be in this bubble for three months, it is how you manage yourself mentally and emotionally off the court. This is, you are, in, you are in a situation where you're not getting on an airplane. You're not, all right, you know what? We lost, we lost those first two games. All right, it's okay. That's what's supposed to happen. Now we can get back home, home beds, home cooking. No, it, that, that's not it. You are, if you're going to win the title, you are in a hotel for three months. This isn't jail, but you are, for, for an NBA player, this is completely new and yep. something that nobody is accustomed to. Nobody. The food, is, the food is going to be different. Your hotel room is going to be different. Not being around family, if you... And if families aren't coming for the first two weeks or you've got a bunch of single guys who are used to being out on the road and now you can't have a, a girlfriend or anybody else come in for two. Look, it's how you manage things off the court. If you can stay sane, I think that will give you the biggest advantage on the court. And it will be something where it's a roller coaster ride because when they get back, these guys have already been quarantined for quite some time. They're already itching to play. They're already excited to get back out there. The TV cameras are going to be on them. Even if the fans aren't there, there's going to be a certain amount of excitement. I'm, you bring up such a great point. Week one, week two, it's going to be through the roof. But then there's going to be a drop-off. And we're going to start hearing. I mean, you already know, talking to a lot of NBA players yourself, and I do, it, guys talk about the loneliness of the league. And they talk about what it's like on the road. That's that's when you can get away. I think now is when we're going to see certain coaches that have the right. I mean, this is where Phil Jackson was such a mastermind in general. 
just understanding the mentality and, and the psychology of his team and knew what they needed at any given time. I'm curious to see which coaches here can manage that, to your point. Who can keep things light? Who can keep teams motivated and focused? And But it's going to have to be we need distractions. And the teams that get along the best, you often hear that, oh, the, you know, college is different than the NBA. NBA guys sort of go their separate ways. They're adults. In this instance, it's going to have to be more like college. It's almost like they're in dorms together. I think about Season on the Brink and that whole book about Bobby Knight mm-hmm. the year before their national championship. And it's like he's talking about during that whole season, it's like trudging through a winter in Indiana, trying to get through and the boredom and just all it is is class and basketball. All this is going to be is basketball. There is nothing else. So who manages that best? That is a wonderful point, though. All right, so you can follow Adam on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Koslov, C-O-S-L-O-V, at rejecting underscore the underscore screen on Instagram. I remember mm. a while ago when I told you the follow-up was coming back and Eden, yep. my five-and-a-half-year-old daughter, was going to be my co-host and it's going to be on video. Well, the first one came out today. I've got to send it to you. It's on iTunes. It's also on a website called Vocal, V-O-K-A-L now.com. Plug for that. We, we recorded the first episode back in April. It's the two of us talking about coronavirus and relocating. She says she wants to talk about things that are happening in the world right now. So we're going to interview her kindergarten teacher this week. We're going to talk about racism. The two of us, me and my five-and-a-half-year-old daughter. See where it goes. Everything else on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hollinger and Duncan every Monday. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board with the NBA Draft having a date that is flexible i guess like this entire world everything is just completely up in the air it might happen then it might not who knows also locked on fantasy hoops with josh lloyd locked on nba five days a week and your team every day all as part of the locked on podcast network this episode brought to you by builtbar.com real chocolate covered high protein low sugar low calorie protein bars get it first order $10 off. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, BuiltBar.com. Adam, thanks, pal. Noah, you are the best. And I just looked it up. Mike Jordan, your Michael Jordan, Abington friends, assistant coach at Colgate. 